Hello, this is Margie Lewis, and you're listening to Black Tea, where we talk about black matters, black lives, and anything unconventional. Before I go into the episode, the sponsorship making this all possible is The Landing Lion, a company based in Atlanta, Georgia, helping you jumpstart a website for a company you want to start at a reasonable price. Thank you for tuning in. Hi, you guys. I'm here today with my awesome history professor. Dr. Howard, say hi. Hello, how you doing everyone? Um, would you like to tell us your studies and what you studied and what you're doing now? Sure, so my specialty is in African American history. Um, and I kind of came to it in a roundabout way as an undergrad. I was interested in international studies, um, but I found that I was always drawn to black people and black communities, even in the international context. Um, And then after undergrad, I didn't really know what I was doing, and so I looked at a course catalog, and I saw that there's some interesting poli-sci classes and some interesting history classes, but one of the classes in history was the 1960s, and I was like, that sounds awesome. So I started taking these graduate classes, and in that graduate class, I wrote a research paper, a very small one on the urban rebellions or riots that happened in the 1960s, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And so from that, that kind of led me uh, into my path for grad school and my book and these types of things. Yeah, so part of what you do to get out of grad school, and I did my graduate school at, uh, at the University of Illinois, is so you have to write a dissertation, which is a, a mega paper, uh, a book in essence, like 350 plus pages. And so my dissertation was entitled Prairie Fires, and it was looking at race, class, and gender, and region in terms of the urban rebellion. So I looked at Cincinnati, Ohio, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Omaha, Nebraska, Um, where I live, or where I live, where I grew up. And now I have transitioned that into a book, and I'm still working on the title uh, right now. Um, And yeah, and it's a deep dive into what these events meant when we look at them at not only through a racial lens or a gender lens, but through an intersectional lens. All right, thank you. Um, So I just wanted to know what brought you to... Well, I take your course, yeah. your women's and African-American history course. So uh-huh. like, what like inspired that course? Well, I think it's a really interesting way of looking at it. And it's because we challenged kind of these dominant narratives of American history in two different ways. The first of which is we insert African-American perspectives into them. So kind of the markers that you study, you know, in seventh grade social studies or American history in high school look differently when viewed through African-American lenses. Mm-hmm. And they also look differently when we begin looking them through the lens of black women. And it's been a popular class every time I've taught it. And people really, really want to take this course. So it's been great. I love it. So Yes. <laughs> so the class, we talk about black feminist thought and mm-hmm. black feminism. In terms of your definition, what would you say black feminism is? Yeah, that's a great question. Because black feminism can mean so many different things to so many different things. People. Uh, so for me personally, black feminism is understanding that race, class, and gender aren't isolated factors. They are actually wrapped up in one another. And black feminism is, particularly in the academy, is centering the experiences, the voices, and the expertise of black women in telling their stories and telling their history. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you 
specifically identify as a black feminist? I do. I do. And this is something that has been part of my intellectual development. I don't know if 15 or 20 years ago, when I was an undergraduate, I even had a concept of what black feminism was, and particularly because kind of ideas about mainstream feminism are often wrongly distilled as just man-hating. And so I think at first I didn't understand what it meant, but feminism is, you know, equality for all people regardless of your gender identity. And black feminism looks at the fact that all women's experiences aren't the same. And it's not only a racial factor, it's also a class factor, it's also how you identify in terms of sexuality, it's whether you're a citizen or not a citizen. And so for in that respect, I very much identify as a black feminism in that we need to think about liberation and we need to think of equity and equality for all people regardless of how they express themselves in the world. Do you think you identified as a, um, a black feminist early on? No, I don't. I don't think that was something that was really, at least explicitly in my mind. It was certainly something that I felt in my heart and that I um, strove for in terms of social justice work or how I thought of equality in my life. But black feminism was not a concept I came across until I got to grad school. Right. Well, see, I just came across it like recently in undergrad, so I'm doing it <laughs> earlier. Like, your class is, like, very helpful. I'm learning, like, a lot of things I didn't already know. I, t I also took a feminism course in philosophy, mm -hmm. and we, like, talked about different authors, like Audre Lorde and Bell Hooks. Two so big ones. I'm trying to learn early on. <laughs> and, and that's wonderful. And, I mean, it was such a game changer for me because I felt – that with a black feminist theoretical work, so many things that I experienced in my earlier life as a black woman now made sense to me. And it took my experiences from being very isolating and alienating and like this is something that only happened to me to something that was put in a broader structure of racism and sexism. And that in some ways gave me great comfort to kind of understand that other people had thought about this and struggled through it as I was thinking and struggling through it. So you talked about black feminism and mainstream feminism. The two, like, they have similarities and differences. Like, how would you say they differ? Sure. And, you know, and it's interesting because feminism as a concept is always shifting. It's very fluid. Um, and in part, that's because society is always shifting and yeah. society is always changing. So it necessitates it. So when we think of kind of classical feminism, second wave feminism is what is often said. It's the idea that women are women are women, whether you're black or Latina or white or poor or rich or queer or whatever, you're a woman and that colors your experience. And so what black, black feminism or third wave feminism or third world feminism um, did is begin to say, well, what does it actually mean to be black and a woman? What does it actually mean to be Chicana and gay and a woman? And so that is the, the distinction here, is that not everybody experiences their gender identity the same way because of all those impacts. And we need to be mindful of centering the experiences on, of the people on the extreme margins as opposed to kind of the mainstream marginalized. So that's why black feminism is important. It's why black feminism is extremely important. Do you think um, 
black feminism holds the same negative connotation that feminism in general has? Unfortunately, I do think so, because I think feminism is very misunderstood as a concept. Um, and, you know, we should all be feminists because we should all believe that humans are humans and deserve equal chances. And part of this negative connotation with black feminism came with some of the alternative ideas of womanism, which is, again, centering blackness and black women, but is trying to get away from those negative connotations and that people who are womanist are those who are supporting and uplifting black women and also uplifting black communities at the same time. Do you think we'll ever get away from the negative connotation or if there's a way we could shift it? I, I hope we do. I, I really hope we do. I think a lot of what we see going on in the news today begins to inform folks who don't believe for the necessity of feminism that actually the time is now and it's important. And I think it's been really great um, having outspoken allies, right, men who say, I am a feminist, right? Yeah. And I think that's a really powerful message. And to think that feminism is not about man-hating, but feminism is about getting equal pay for equal work, to be able to walk down the street at night and not yeah. be, a, you know, like just, in my mind, basic human rights should not be something controversial or have a negative connotation to it. So I'm hoping <laughs> that it will happen, but I also understand it's going to take a lot more work from a lot of different places. It is, it is. What are some historical highlights that you have that um, black feminism has impacted? Yeah, and I mean, so the, the idea of black feminism is a term that comes about in the 1970s and 1980s. That's early. It is early. And even if we have kind of this term evolving there, it doesn't mean that black women weren't already agitating, weren't already advocating for themselves yeah. in earlier times. And so I think about how black women, even in times of enslavement, really took control of their lives. And we can see it in small ways, like um, naming practices, what they choose to name their children. That's a, a reassertion of agency. We can see it in the club women's movement in the 1890s. Uh, there were incredibly powerful black communist women in the 1930s and 1940s who were chapter organizers who were going, I think of like Pauli Murray. She wasn't a communist, but she was um, Episcopalian. She was agitating. I think of Claudette Colvin and I think of Rosa Parks, you know, two women who were influential in the civil rights movement. Of course, there are any number of black members of, the, or excuse me, female members of the Black Panther Party, both known and unknown. So all of these women, even though they were seemingly engaging in activism that just looks like, quote, black activism, yeah. they were still experiencing this as black women and their femininity, their womanhood was always part of this and not something on the back burner. And then when we move closer to this era of black feminism, no. Yeah, and we think about the Third World Alliance, Women's Alliance. We think about the Kumbahi River Collective. We think of all the incredibly powerful plays and literature that come out of this black feminist movement that inspire subsequent generations. I mean, there are so many greatest hits uh, <laughs> that it's hard. You know, you think of Alice Walker. You think of... Um, 
for colored girls yeah. when the rainbow's not enough, like actually putting forth black women's experiences and saying to black women, it's okay, I've been there too, yeah. is amazing. It is, it is. We love black women. We do love black women. What would you tell those opposing to black feminism? Um, well, I'd like to know a little bit more about what they're opposing. Mm -hmm. If they're opposing it from kind of the feminist perspective and saying, well, women are women are women, mm -hmm. or if they're opposing it from a racial perspective, saying we're all black, we're in it together. And then begin to kind of talk about people's experiences. And again, this is why black feminism is so powerful, because people get to share their stories and teaching people just to listen and listen to the experts on their lives and think about what does it actually cost you to support this? What does it cost white women to support black yeah. women in their struggle? What right. What does it cost black men when you when you support black women in the struggle? What is that personal cost? And then why are you not willing to sacrifice that privilege? I think is really an important kind of soul searching question that we all need to ask ourselves because that's what's at stake here. And also. What would you tell those wanting to learn more about it? Oh, my gosh. Read, read, read. Uh, and there are so many good authors, and there are so many kind of thoughtful people in many different disciplines talking about this. So you can read scholarly materials. There are great blogs that people are talking about. Podcasts like yours <laughs> are a great way to do it. People are tweeting, and there's this whole... Yeah, well, Twitter, I know. I'm an old lady, so I, I love Twitter because uh, really I only have about 160 characters worth of time. Um, but, and, you know, also thinking about how people are expressing in a new way. I mean, the fact that Black Lives Matter movement, right, is being organized and was founded by three black women yeah. is very powerful and that they're putting that narrative at the center. If we think about hip-hop feminism where people are engaging in hip hop and they're thinking about what it means to be young and black at this time and how they can use that as a springboard to talk about liberation right. across the board. I think if you want to find this information, it is everywhere. It really is. I can go ahead and wrap it up. Wonderful. Do you have any other few comments, quotes, anything you wanted to have oh. us stick with? Boy, that's a hard question. How to how to end up on this this topic? I mean, I think it's again so important to think about how we are the sum total of our life's experiences, and that everything is intersectional, and that liberation comes when the lowest amongst us finally are free. And for me, that is why I find Black feminism to be so empower empowering. That was <laughs> oh my god, thank you so much and I really appreciate you letting me interview you. It's been a pleasure, Margie. Thank you. Ooh, yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Again, thank you for listening to my podcast, Black Tea. Feel free to visit and subscribe at www.blacktea.com and don't forget to check out the Landing Lion website.